Good evening and welcome back to our Bible study. It's more of a discussion, isn't it, Mark? Yes. As we're just talking our way and discussing our way through the Gospel of John. Thank you so much for joining us tonight and we hope that you have the Heavenly Library with you. We'll invite you to take down the Gospel of John and go to chapter 13. And Mark, I would say that this is probably one of those chapters that most people are very familiar with. It's a story that is shared not just in churches, but even around the world. It's the action of our Lord washing feet and certainly shows the humble spirit of our Lord in his servitude. That's the whole reason for the story of telling us. And that's what he's the point he's trying to get across to his uh, his apostles. Interestingly enough, I do take this position that this is happening just before the feast because he says here now before the feast of the Passover. So I think it's that same time, uh, but before they get into the meal, uh, he's doing what a servant would have done if there had been a servant there to wash their feet. And since there wasn't one there, I see all the apostles looking at each other, wondering who in the world is going to clean our feet. And Jesus is watching them and he says, I'm going to teach you a lesson. So I am going to get down and wash your feet. And so I think that's exactly what he's doing here just before they take the Lord's Supper. But another point to make is that I don't know how long this stuck with them because what do they do at the end of the feast? They begin to argue among each other which one of those were going to be the greatest sure. in the kingdom. After he has done this and talking about servitude, they are arguing who's going to be the greatest in the kingdom. I know the Lord's got to be just <laughs> shaking his head with these. Well, these and to be honest, he would be shaking his head at all of us. Yes, all, that's the whole point. We all struggle. We all struggle with understanding our Lord and what servitude means to him, not us. And it's definitely another level. Uh, before we actually get into the text, I would like to share that John's gospel, totally unique. Yes. Uh, from start to finish, it is totally unique. And really from chapter 8 on through chapter 19, John gives us insight that the other gospel writers do not give. And, and John's writing in a way that I would say, Mark, that he assumes we've already studied and read the other gospels. We've heard those stories because he's not going to talk about specifically the Lord's Supper here. Uh, not that it's not very important to John. Oh, well, no, not at all. But, but John assumes you know that. You've covered. It's been covered. It's been covered. And so I'm going to give you insight. And, and to me, specifically, the insight that is most riveting is the conversations Jesus has with his disciples in the upper room and as they leave the upper room and go to the Garden of Gethsemane. And what has impressed John about the Lord? I mean, he loves the Lord. All of his writings show that implicitly. Mm -hmm. And some of the things that the Lord did that fixed in his heart, John's heart, sure. uh, the nature of Jesus. And I want to get these things across to you because these are the things that made me believe that he was the son of God. And I want you to hear these things to let you know uh, the, the depth uh, of Jesus. And I want you to know these things. And the others haven't covered it. And I want you to know these things. 
And so from 13, 14, we're probably in the upper room, and we'll talk about that. But then beginning probably in 15, they, they may start making a tour of the city. Uh, and, and so you see this wonderful insight. All right, let's get into it. Uh, John chapter 13, the disciples are in the upper room. They're ready to uh, partake of the Passover feast with our Lord when all of a sudden Jesus strips down, if you will, or takes off his coat. He, he if you will, outer garment. is outer garments, but he, he takes on what would be probably the attire of a servant yeah. and puts a towel about his waist and he pours water into a basin and he begins to wash their feet. And I can only imagine every jaw uh, <laughs> in that room was just like, what's he doing? Well, what's he doing? They, in an embarrassment, because they know that they've been out, they've been in the dust, they've come up here, everywhere else they would have gone, there would have been a servant to take care of their feet. That was just a common custom, right. and nobody had. And so none of them, none of them would take that position and lower himself to do it, and lo and behold, it's the Lord who does it. And yes, I, every one of them in there are aghast and embarrassed. Well, and they've seen it before. They just saw yeah. Mary, you know, yeah. uh, wash our Lord's feet and, and really anoint him. So, so you have that humble factor. But let me just jump on something that you said that I think is very important. John's revealing Jesus, his heart, his passion, what servitude means to him. And, and, and so I would invite all of us to keep our eyes wide open that really beginning here, we're going to see the character of our Lord Jesus yeah. like no other. Now, he gets to Peter. <laughs> Peter, God bless Peter. Uh, John's going to talk a lot about Peter from now to the yes, end. Yes, he does. Uh, you, they're, I'm going to assume they're very good friends, but not so much that John isn't going to... No. Let me just share some things about my buddy Peter. I'm the beloved disciple. Yeah. Uh, this is what Peter did. But Peter speaks up and goes, Lord, <laughs> hold on there. Uh, what do you think the Lord is saying when he tells Peter, if I do not wash you, you have no part of me? He is, he's trying to tell Peter that, and, his, and he goes on to explain that in just a minute when he says, I'm doing some things here that you know not of. Right. But in the future, when you refer back to this, you think back on this, you will understand and so if you tell me now not to wash your feet, wash your feet, uh, you're, not, you're not letting me do what I need to do. And I've already told you before, what, Peter? Get behind me, Satan. How many times have I got to tell you, here you are again, opening your mouth, inserting your foot, uh, and he has to back away from that very quickly. And he said, well, just wash all of me then. Yeah, and I kind of get the impression, too, that there is a powerful theological point here that all of us need to grasp. We need our Lord to serve us. As uncomfortable as it may be, it, and you ever, we used to do this at camp every now and then with the kids. You'd have a, you know, the washing feet story and have to wash one another's feet. And it's just the most unnerving thing in the world, especially in our culture. Yeah. We don't do that. I'd much rather be the washer yes. than the washy. Yes. All right. Peter, you need to hear me because I'm telling you, if you don't allow my service for you, if you don't allow me to get on my hands and feet for you, 
then we don't have a relationship. That's right. And and really, theologically, that's what salvation is all about. Our Lord has chosen to serve us. But he goes on here to say, also, you, know, you don't understand. How many times would the Lord have loved to have said that to his apostles over the three years that he has them with him? Because constantly... I see him doing things and the apostles looking at each other and saying, why has he done this? I have no idea. John will say subtly in his writings, we went back and looked at this and remembered what, what he said and this is what he meant. Yeah. John says it again and again. You have to multiply that then by the other 11, other 12 and saying, they had to say that all the time. Why are you doing this? And no one was bold enough like Peter to every once in a while say, you know. Oh, he's saying what right. everybody else yeah. is thinking. What, what everybody's thinking, honest. exactly. Yeah. yeah. And so then our Lord, as we all know, our Lord takes this to another level. As I have served you, so you serve others. And, and again, he makes that great statement. And allow me, I'm going to read verse 16. Truly, truly. There's another one. Yes. Truly, truly, I say to you, a servant is not greater than his master nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. If you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. And so the Lord is simply saying, I'm, I'm, I'm giving you a commission here to be like me, to serve as I serve. And, and this is that standard of service, of washing feet. Uh, all right, let's transition because our Lord transitions from this powerful transition quite oh, yet. You don't want to go just no, yet? I don't want to go. Why don't we wash each other's feet? This is an apostolic example. Oh, now you're not. really making me uncomfortable. No, I'm just, I'm, I, I want us to think about that just for a minute because we don't apparently do that. And here seems to be something that the Lord told his apostles to do. You do this. Uh, and why is this not then something that we do on a continuing basis? Then we should have said that letter that was sent out by uh, the apostles and the elders in Jerusalem saying, all right, these are the four things you've got to do. And oh, by the way, you've got to wash each other's feet. And, and so I think we have to be careful sometime of taking something and taking it out of context and saying this is something we're supposed to be doing when that's not the intent here. Well, it's not specifically the intent of that specific act. Yes. That was a cultural deal that's not a part of our culture, but the spirit of that commandment, yes. the spirit of that example, yes. the submission of that example, what the humility after. of yes. that example. Yeah, exactly what we're after. We're after. Yeah. And another point I would want to make, this is Jesus talking to his apostles. This is what I want you to be doing. Think about doing this to each other because they wouldn't do it here. Yeah. And so we're going to look through the rest of John and a lot of things we're going to be seeing here, things about the Holy Spirit. You're going to be hearing things that Jesus said this is going to be to the apostles. We have to be careful about taking those things out of context and making those things something we all are supposed to be doing. And so it's just learning how to judge and see what the sure. scripture is saying and how you apply it. And he, he isn't asking us to do something no. just ceremonially. No. It, this, this should be your attitude of life. And, and, and really, you're going to see our Lord 
Washed feet all the way to the cross. Yes. He humbles himself all the way to the cross uh, and afterwards. Now, it's interesting, though. There was a set of feet that he will wash. Yes. That weren't exactly loyal to him. And our, our Lord is going to call out Judas. And he does it there in the midst of his disciples. And it's something that has to be greatly disturbing to all of them when Jesus says, One of you will betray me. Now, here's something else that John shares with us. Uh, they're wondering who is it. And, and you, you kind of get a, a seating order here in verse 24. Simon can see, and I, I take the beloved. Are we agreement that yes. the beloved disciple is John? So we won't get into that. So Simon's looking across to John and he's like, ask him. <laughs> he, he said somebody's going to betray him. Ask him, ask him. And, and so John asks Jesus, well, who is it? Who is going to be the one? And he says, the one with whom I dip this bread morsel into and then I hand it uh, to him. That's the one. And he hands it to Judas. Yes. Uh, boy, that had to be an awkward moment. You know, uh, did Judas hear those words just before Jesus did it? Uh, or was it a sign that only John and Peter saw? We don't know. I think Judas had to hear it because he turns right to him and says, what you do, do quickly. I mean, I think, and we're going to see him talking about here that Satan entered into him. Sure. I, when we are confronted with a sin, we have one or two courses that we can do. We can repent and acknowledge, or we can bow, bow up. up. Yep. And yep. he was put at the position of you make a choice. We see Satan uh, influencing him at the beginning of the chapter. Now we have, John says, Satan entering into him, which to me is saying he has now encapsulated him spiritually. Satan has him. Yeah. Satan has him right where he wants him. And this is what has now happened to Judas. You have to make a choice right now because Jesus knows what you're about to do. Make a choice. Asking for forgiveness. Lord, I shouldn't be doing this. I, Yes, please forgive me. Or do what he did. Yeah, he bows up and skedaddles. Now, what, what is interesting is that even though Jesus said, this is the one that betrays me, they still didn't think of betrayal in the sense of the way Judas was going to betray. Okay, he's got the money bags. Maybe there's something going on with money here. And even then, it was hard for them to get in their minds that, this brother of ours could do something so sinister. Uh, but that's exactly what was going to happen. And, and I would just make the point, too, this is another example of where Jesus shows us his life is not being taken from him. He's giving it up. Knows everything he's, that's going to happen. He's in control of yes. what is going to happen moving forward. It is our Lord giving himself and and John 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 reveals that to us. John shows that to us. If you would ask John, John, did the Romans kill Jesus? No. Did the Jews? No, not necessarily. Jesus allowed himself. Uh, Jesus was in control. But also, John also doesn't cut Judas any slack. No, none, never. And I, and I love how John handles Judas. And this is 60 years after. Yeah. So he hadn't tempered it's how he feels there. about yeah. Judas. So this is 60 years after this is happening. Another point to make over here in these previous verses, Jesus 
says this is a fulfillment of scripture. And then he goes back to Psalms 41.9 where David said, He who eats my bread has lifted up his heel against me. We had a great, great study on that by Ralph Walker. Mm -hmm. Ahithophel mm -hmm. uh, and Ahithophel going with Absalom versus David yeah. and so uh, it's interesting to me that even this far into scripture now some a thousand year later the Lord's using that as prophecy against Judas well and if you know the story of Ahithophel yeah. David felt betrayed yes, this is exactly. somebody he, we, I was in fellowship with him he ate at my table one of my we shared bread friends. together and he's the one who's now turned on me that's right yeah and, and so just the same thing three years Judas you've been with me for three years you have seen everything right. about me when did you start thinking about this well Jesus says very quickly that there's one of you that's back in John 6, one of you is going to betray me. Now that was... Sure. And so he's starting to reveal that even then. So this has been in the heart of Judas for some time. And he leaves. He immediately goes out into the night. And, and then this is where Jesus changes, not necessarily the discussion, but he takes it to the level of, I'm now, I'm now showing you what it means to be glorified. I will be glorified. God will be glorified. In other words, this is what it's all about. Uh, the glorification of our father and, and God's going to be glorified in this. And, and then in verse 33, little children, yet a little while I am with you. You will seek me. And just as I said to the Jews, so now I say to you where I'm going, you cannot come. He's already said this to the Jews one time back in John 8. Now he's saying it to his apostles. And they'd heard it in John 8, and they could understand, okay. Well, the Jews are going to do it. They can't yeah. go. And then suddenly, we can't go? We can't go either. Uh, and, and then our Lord says, I'm giving you a new commandment. A new commandment I give to you that you love one another. Now, is that necessarily new? I mean, hadn't Scripture said love all along? Don't you find that all through the Old that. Testament? You, well, you want to yeah, ask me no, that? No, no, I'm just... <laughs> And my take on this is this. Uh, yeah, love your neighbor as yourself. And he's been telling them all along, but how is this going to be greater? A new commandment? What am I about to do? I'm about to give my life for you. I'm giving up my life. And so the greatness of this command is you have my example. Yeah. Yeah, well, I am dying for you. Yeah. And what kind of love are you going to manifest? Well, we all have definitions of love, yes. don't we? We all have definitions of sacrifice. Where is my limit? Where is my extent? Jesus says, here's your new definition. That's my take on this. Yes. Jesus says, here is the new definition, the new commandment of love. You do what I do. Yes. And I'm about to show it to you so that there's no doubt in your Mind. And he says here, you, you apostles, love one another. All men will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Now, this is coming just about the time they've been arguing with each other. Possibly. Who's the greatest in the kingdom? Yeah. And another point is, we might say then, well, this is, he's talking to the apostles here. John takes this very command, and what's he do? He writes First John <laughs> over this command. And so he is taking it to us now. Sure. He says, this is what the Lord told us. I'm going to tell you, you love one another 
just as Christ loved yeah. you. And yeah. so this is for us. We know that just from First John. Sure. Yeah, you can't say you love God and hate your brother. That's right. Uh, That's what John tells us. That's not going to happen. You've got to be consistent here. But but he also makes this point. To me, this is very powerful too, Mark. By this, all people will know. What's he calling them to be? Messengers. They are going to share his gospel. They are going to be the ones taking the gospel to the world. They are apostles, ones who are being sent out. And Jesus says, this is how they're going to know that you belong to me. How you love one another. And we show our love in different ways. Many times it's material things if other people need something. Mm -hmm. And I think this congregation, better than most that I know, rally to any occasion when that is Mm -hmm. to be expressed. But you can see the love for one another in our worship services. It makes us different. People can come in here visiting and see the love. we have for each other and the love we have for them as they come in, they see the difference. They, you are different. Sure. Well, and I think you could just make a practical application to the times. We're living in some very challenging times where there's a lot of opinions on a lot of things. The world will see in us how we, how we sail through these waters. Exactly. We, this is, their world should see that you love as I love. And, and that's shown among the fellowship. And we can't lose sight of this commandment of loving one another and the way we love one another is we put the other first not ourselves first and what a command there are certain things that maybe people are doing that may upset you through this whole covid thing but what are we to do we're to put the interest of others. others to get on our hands and knees, yes. wash others' feet. And yes. Don't 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 put any conditions no, on your that's love. No condition. I'll be there if you know. Yes. That's not us. No. That's not us. No. And and the world should see that love in us. And then here's the way chapter 13 ends. We go back to Simon again, and and Simon's going. Oh wait, no. Let's go back to where you were said you were going, Lord. Yes. Uh, let me go back to that. Yes. Uh, Simon kind of just okay. Once he gets done with this love lesson, I want to get back to that question. Yeah. Uh, where are you going? And Jesus answered, where I am going, you cannot follow me now. Yes. But you will follow me afterward. Now, we know, because we know the end of the story, that certainly Peter is now going to be baptized. Well, once he, Jesus yeah. goes on, he will be baptized with that baptism uh, that they probably were not ready for in the beginning. But Of but, the Holy Spirit. Of the Holy Spirit, but also the baptism of fire that comes through persecution exactly our, our lord mentions that as, as well later but he's actually talking about I, i'm going to lay down my life for you you know and and peter's boldness there is commendable uh he's not the only one who who makes that statement but jesus says no nah, not yet not gonna happen guys i'm not I'm telling yet. you beforehand. No, you can't lay down your life yeah. before I lay down mine for you. And 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 you have here that even John records that truly, truly, I say to you, another truly, truly, uh, the rooster will not crow until you've denied me three times. So you have Jesus telling Peter, I know what's going to happen. Look at what Peter did in those few hours after this. When the crowd came upon Jesus to arrest him, what did Peter do? I think he was the one that had a sword with him. Sure. And what does he do? He draws it and 
the impulse there at the moment, the adrenaline is flowing, what's he do? Obviously a bad swordsman because he swings and cuts <laughs> off an ear. Um, but that boldness quickly dissipated because it's just a few minutes, a few hours later, now he's brought into the courtyard and yeah. what's he begin to do? Uh, now I'm looking at all these people and I'm beginning to think, oh, why am I here? Yeah, and we're going to see that in chapter 18. Uh, John's going to bring that to the forefront yes. of our mind. But, but I think for now, the way we leave it here is we, we need to be mindful that it's easier to say something than to do it. Exactly. And, and for Peter, that's going to be a lesson to learn. But also, I think also what Peter is going to see, we're going to see a great transformation in Peter, is that once our Lord has given himself for him and he sees the resurrection, his confidence does shoot up considerably. He's got and, 50 days to think about yeah, it after that. He does. And when the Holy Spirit comes upon them, all of these gentlemen, all of these men become different people. And he doesn't need to be the person who's ready to fight. No. He needs to be the person who's ready to surrender. And love. And love. And yes. that was the lesson he needed to hear and hadn't quite sunk in yet. And they, they weren't ready to love like they sure. were supposed to. Uh, they're still fighting amongst each other as to who's the greatest in the kingdom. Yeah. They're still thinking of an earthly kingdom hours before he is sure. to be crucified. Well, and we're definitely going to see that when we get to chapter 14. More questions coming your way as we move into chapter 14. So we will study that uh, next week. And you're going, to feel, you're going to feel what the disciples were feeling, that confusion. And who wouldn't have been confused uh, in that upper room with Jesus uh, yes. listening to those things? Anything else you want to add? Chapter? No, I, Chapter 13 is a great chapter. There's subtle things that John says in there. Uh, and if you're reading through that and have questions about chapter 13, please uh, let one of us know. Yeah. Let's see if we can answer those questions for you. As you read and you're not quite understanding, we're trying to cover it. Uh, but there's some things that John says in here that if you think about it, say, now why did he say that? And ask us. Yeah, ask us. If you have anything, anything on your mind uh, with respect to our study, please let us know. Shoot us an email, give us a call. Uh, but we appreciate you spending time with us. Uh, we're still meeting on Sunday mornings. So we got our 830 assembly, 10 o'clock assembly. We would love to have you uh, and your family join us. Uh, we still are holding our protocol in place. We're doing that for one another. Uh, and, and for now, that's probably going to stay in place. Uh, numbers seem to be going up. Uh, just a little, so we're keeping our eye on that. But it's good to be back together, uh, and, and we're enjoying being together. So if you would love, we'd love to have you. If you're not with us already, come and join us on Sunday mornings. Anything else that's, you got? That's it. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us tonight. And so we remind you, uh, as all of us are reminded, the new command that I give you, may we truly love one another to love as our Lord loved. Thanks for joining us. Amen.